0: Welcome to I'm Obsessed With This, the Netflix podcast about the shows and films everyone seems to be talking about and why. I'm your host, Bobby Finger, and today I'm joined in the studio by Fran Hoffner, a writer slash grad student living in Jersey City, whose work has appeared in the All-R.I.P., BuzzFeed, The Cut, Vulture, WQXR, and other places. Plus, she has a Jude Law podcast with Caroline Simons called Law School. school. You should subscribe now, it's good. Um, I would just listen to the Alfie one. (laughs) I'm also joined by Jeff Lappet, a former blogger, and Netflix user since 2007. Honestly, that's wow. an incredible bio. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. No. Um, these... Big time Netflix head. <laughs> <laughs> he, loves, he loves the flicks. That's why he came. We were going to do a Hulu podcast and he was like, I won't do it. Pass. Mm-hmm. Hard pass. But yeah, these are two of the smartest moviegoers that I know. Most voracious moviegoers. I would call them cinephiles, maybe. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. funny. Very great. Thank love you. that they're here with me. And I'm lucky to have them on to talk about films. And a miniseries Two films and a mini series. Thanks for coming Thank um, you yeah. As usual we'll be having a spoiler filled discussion of all titles today So check the time codes in the show notes In case you would like to skip <coughs> those sections So let's start with the beverage situation last week Both guests asked for still water Not sparkling, not coffee, not anything Not kombucha, not tea, not, you know, anything They just wanted still water You both chose coffee Jeff with the hot yeah. black Fran with iced oat milk Mm-hmm I got iced with whole milk. How is it? It's, it's
1: good? great. It's great.
2: Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, I I felt like it would be a waste if I didn't ask you to bring us coffee. You're a noted fan.
1: Noted Java head.
0: This is a great example. I feel like we all have examples like where we, it starts as a joke and then it becomes an actual part of your DNA. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Where I was like, I, I remember laughing at just Java as a personality I've always thought was really funny. Like Cracker Barrel signage Yeah, about Java, beans, needing caffeine. Don't talk to me before it. I always thought it was very funny fully as a joke, but now I really, now I look at it and I'm like, that's so true. (laughs) Like me before my Java, me after my Java, I see myself in both of those. So relatable. It's extremely relatable. Uh, Is there anything like that for both of you? Like something that started as a bit and then became completely earnest?
1: Well, I mean, I think everything about (laughs) Ansel Elgort for Uh me (laughs) started as kind of a bit and now is really genuine. Mm -hmm.
0: So you can't wait for the goldfinch yeah <laughs> <laughs> i
1: watched that trailer came out today i was like all right yeah, <laughs> fair enough i'm in yeah his, uh
0: someone i was in a text web with some people this afternoon talking about it this morning and someone described his puffy lips his pillowy oh, lips sure. and it was like I, would people have been you know lusting after Ansel's pillowy lips a year ago probably not that Maybe same not. person i
1: don't lust for him really
0: you just like him yeah you just like him
1: yeah i, I don't feel any you're kind an of Ansel physi- fan Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ansel.
0: You were you are, you used to just kind of laugh at the idea of Ansel.
1: Yeah, because I I love the idea of actor slash DJ, mm-hmm. and I love the sort of side EDM career. And when he'd be like, "I've been DJing way longer than I've been acting," yeah, and it's like, "Okay, calm down, I wasn't checking," you know. Um, but now that he's gone full acting, it's like I'm ready. I'm ready. It's I'm really here. nice.
0: And Violetta is you know extremely oh, lovable. Violetta. Doing Viol- Spawn. Oh, she's so good. Spawn for Colgate. We love that. <laughs> uh the goldfinch looks good yeah why not sure i don't remember i know for a fact that i read that book
1: wow (laughs) i
2: know that i read it i don't remember it
1: yeah i I got i got nothing
2: version of it yeah (laughs) like i'm sure it'll be an entirely different experience
1: yeah how he sees it yeah Yeah.
0: is there is there someone you've ever like fanboyed over as a joke and then realized wait no i'm a diane
2: lane There, there was... Wait, how could that ever be a joke? It, well, it started out as, as a joke because I was talking on Twitter about like how nobody ever like sends me links to things or sends me pictures of anything. So I was like, I sh- guess I should just be loud about what I like. And I picked Diane, Diane Lane. And I just wouldn't <laughs> shut up about Diane Lane for like two, three months. And it worked. It worked. People kept sending me pictures of Diane Lane and telling me about... Stuff that they saw Diane Lane in, and it was this was like right before, um, Batman versus Superman: Dawn of oh, Justice, yeah, yeah. and so
1: is that I, where she's like, she's the president? Isn't she the mom? She she's Kong- the aunt. Oh. She's one of the Marthas. Oh okay. So, oh sure.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Diane Lane, she's great. Have you seen Under the Tuscan Sun? I haven't yet. Oh, um, that's. Peak time no, I, I, you gotta see that. It might feel like too much Diane Lane
0: for me. I need to mentally prepare for it. You gotta see. It. Have yeah. you seen Under no, the Tuscan Sun? No, I've never sun? seen it. Oh, you gotta see Under the Tuscan Sun. It's not. What's she under...
1: doing under that sun?
0: She's starting over, is what she's doing. you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's starting over. What are you both watching on Netflix right now? We gotta start with that. We gotta start with that Fran.
1: I'm still rewatching. I think you should leave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I cannot stop. I've been saying, oh, nice. To every, uh, like, every, it's a actual. It's worse than the Java problem. Oh,
2: yeah. It's it's, a, it's broken apart in my brain. It's like and infiltrated I, our language at home. Like, what's your
0: favorite? What is each of your favorite lines? From the? not even just car focus groups. <laughs> what's sure. the line you revisit?
1: Figure out what you do. You've had all summer to think yeah. of it. It's so funny.
0: You think of it.
2: I love how he, when he slurs his words together. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I just love uh, Well, the thing that's just in my head and won't leave is... How he in that sketch with the loaded nachos? How mm-hmm. he just like tearfully looks at his date and is like, "What?" <laughs> and my wife and I have just been saying that to each other,
0: what uh, back
2: and forth. It's like, what? what? <laughs> I love.
0: Oh, nice. And I also love. <laughs> and I also love. Um, he does it in a few of the sketches, but specifically the one where they, the babysitter spiral. Mm-hmm. And he goes, at all. When he's talking <laughs> about, like They don't matter at all. Like, they're nothing. Like, the at all. I've been saying at all too much. Too much. I can't get over. Is that it? Are you just watching? I think you should leave over and over and over and yeah, over and over Yeah, and then
1: I'll stop mid-episode and I'll just, like, pick it up a couple days it's, later and just keep watching through it's it. It's
2: truly, like, it's a it's a, it's a mental it so problem much. for me, I think. Yeah. Have you seen his episode of The Characters no yeah. oh. uh, It's the second to the last episode of that oh. series And it's like another episode of I think you should yeah, yeah 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 There's
1: one sketch from that that I do, that, There's a quote from that one Where he does like an old timey sort of like gambling 1920s like gambling guy yeah, yeah crooner and he loses and just goes Oh no I'm
0: broke
1: <laughs> <laughs> And I think that basically when it gets to, like Thursday every week
0: <laughs> I'm already like I'm picturing it I love it I'm already repeating it over and over again mm-hmm. <laughs> He's so good and I had no idea who he was. I'm not oh, I'm yeah. not well versed on like the comedy scene. And I feel like everyone knew who he was and like was really a huge fan of him. He was kind of an underdoggy type well, guy. Well, I
1: hate this phrase, but he was like a comedian's comedian. Okay, where yeah. it's like the people in it really yeah. know mm-hmm. him and like outside of that he had never really broken through. Cuz mm-hmm. had had that one season of SNL, but mm-hmm. it's not like he had the sort of like breakthrough character mm-hmm. over that season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: What a nightmare that must be. You get one chance. You basically get one chance on that show once you're cast and if that first year doesn't work out, like, good luck, I guess. Mm -hmm. That seems like how it usually works out. Um,
2: What have you been watching, Jeff? Um, What have I been... I'm kind of like in between Netflix shows right now, but I wrote down some things that I have been watching. (laughs) Um, uh, My wife will watch Gossip Girl and Parts Unknown and I'll kind of come in in out-of-context bits, mm-hmm. um, and so I've seen a lot of scattered episodes of Gossip Girl, a lot of sc- scattered episodes of Parts Unknown. <laughs> um, oh, Tuca and Birdie, I've really loved Tuca and Tuca Birdie. Tuca and Birdie, you, we have you guys seen that? We have a call about that, which I will play right now.
1: Hi, Bobby, it's Lonnie. I'm obsessed with Tuca and Birdie. I think Lisa Hanawalt is a genius. I love the character designs on BoJack Horseman, and they're even more creative on Tuca and Birdie. There's literal plant people. But the show also talks about, like, real-life issues. Uh, through these animated birds, and it made me feel things and it made me laugh my ass off. So I think everyone should watch it.
2: Yeah, I, I just I love uh, I just love how demented it all seems. I love all of the sight gags. I love the way they animate them walking. Mm-hmm. I love how they get hung up on these weird animation bits. Um, there's a part where uh, Steve Yoon is his uh, birdie's boyfriend. And um, I've never felt so owned in a cartoon <laughs> before. Just like specifically, specifically called out. His whole deal is that he's very routine and very uh, does kind of things the usual way. And there's this part where um, they're trying out new things with the relationship, and it's not really working. And uh, Bertie's like, we could get back to just doing things the usual way. And Steve Yoon's character is, his name is Speckle. Speckle's chanting, usual way, usual <laughs> way, usual way. And I felt that in my Love soul. the usual way. I'm a big fan of the usual yeah, way. What's wrong with it? It's working. I love
0: her I art love style. Like it seems very, I could do that, but I didn't. And also I couldn't do it as well as she does it. You know, like I think it's like deceptively simple looking. It's so unique, even though it looks sort of like childish yeah. and simple. But you know that it's very singular. And you both know Mm Marion. I was on her Instagram stories and there was like, she had a print of this like male nude Mm -hmm. that was like in beautiful golden hour in her apartment. And she zoomed in on it. And I was like, what is this? And it was Lisa Hanawalt. It was Lisa Hanawalt print. And I was like, well, I'm going to Google this later. Yeah. All her stuff is so colorful. It's just so pleasing to look at. And I never I ne- I never got into BoJack. I probably should. I just didn't. It didn't
2: land I, for I me. I wasn't either. I I watched a f- couple of the first episodes and it just didn't stick with me. Mm-hmm. And everyone I know has been saying you got to keep on going. Yeah. Um yeah, gets, the same just get better. It. And I just I haven't gotten around to it. And when I see
1: like isolated screenshots from it, I always laugh at That's, whatever mm-hmm, the joke mm-hmm. is. Yeah. But I've just never gotten through like the first few.
2: I'll get
0: there. Yeah. I'll get there. I'll just add it to the pile. Uh, So let's just get right into it. We're going to talk about When They See Us, the new Ava DuVernay miniseries. We're going to talk about The Perfection, the new Alison Williams vehicle. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about (laughs) Always (laughs) Be My Maybe. She's back with a vengeance. I want to talk about When They See Us first. We all watched it. Four episodes. So initially I was like, oh, four hours. They're each, you know, pushing an hour and a half. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're all extremely different structurally and stylistically. I wasn't expecting that. I kind of went into it expecting a more standard true crimey thing. Yeah. Like a people versus OJ sort of situation. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's very cinematic. Ava DuVernay directed all of them, co-wrote all of them. Uh, It's about the Central Park jogger case from 1989 about the five boys who were wrongfully convicted of, like, assault, rape. There were, you know, attempted a lot of murder. attempted murder. There were just all of these charges piled on. They they did not do it. There have been a few documentaries about it in the past, including, I think, a Ken Burns documentary from a few years ago called The Central Park Five. Um, But this is kind of the first, like, fully formed dramatization of it. And what did we all think? It was, kind of, it was incredible. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was one of those things where immediately when it starts, I think within the first like ten minutes, you realize, it, especially watching it early before kind of all the praise and the buzz has has already been documented, you're like, oh, this is, this is going to be the thing that everyone's talking about pretty soon. This is going to be kind of an important moment. Yeah. Um, in television this year. What do you think? I'll start with Fran.
1: I loved it. I thought it was amazing, and I think one of the things I like most about it is how not pulpy it felt and i like people versus oj simpson mm-hmm. and what little i've seen of american crime story but i just love that it didn't have that like true crime sheen yeah. on it whatsoever it's like not the place mm-hmm. for what this story is and i didn't know a lot about this case And what i did know i knew just only in context of like the donald trump full page ads mm-hmm. because that was like talked about in 2016 but a lot of this was new to me and i just think it's like beautifully crafted and incredibly acted it Mm. was like a very brutal but very good watch
0: yeah it's one thing that's interesting about her is that she can go she can do films she can do documentaries she can do television and then this sort of like kind of in-betweeny thing this miniseries is its own sort of medium she's really good at balancing like brutality with something beautiful it's empathetic and it's never melodramatic you know? And I feel like they can always veer to that. Like I think with the people versus OJ stuff, there's a lot of like scene chewing in that show, which works in the people versus OJ. Like it works. And especially when you have these same characters throughout the entire season. And in this one, it's sort of broken off into these little four vignettes. You have the actual arrest and the coercion from the police in the first episode. You have the trial in the second episode, the trials in the second episode. They're sort of, re-entry into normal society in the third and then the kind of complete horror story of the fourth one that's just about one character and I don't think that many people could do that kind of as gracefully as she did it and, she also, and I think it helps that she wrote it mm-hmm. um
2: that she had complete creative control over the entire thing um what did you think I th- well I think it's she uh she handled it all very respectfully as well one of my worries going into it was that you know just by nature of forming a narrative around a true crime thing it sometimes makes it feel exploitative mm-hmm. and that wasn't the case with this one there's a lot of humanity throughout and from the first episode you're really just caught up in how uh, heartbreaking and just infuriating this case is like you know every any scene with all of the detectives just kind of crafting things to fit their narrative of the events and not necessarily the truth of the events uh, I, was just shaking. Yeah, f- that first episode is an ap- mm-hmm. as a nightmare. Like yeah. Felicity Huffman too uh, is just such a villain in in this,
1: and like a not seen chewy villain no. performance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And especially that final scene that she has in the last episode. Even when people are shown the truth they find ways to just rationalize themselves out of it. And that scene, she's like, no, that's not what happened, I'm sorry, I did the right thing, goodbye. And like to her, she's doing the noble thing. And yeah, she's still a monster and completely indefensible, but like, she sells that. She sells like, oh, I understand like why she can sleep at night. I know why she's acting the way she's acting.
2: We got justice for a woman who was used and thrown away like garbage. Those boys did that. We helped make sure they got what they deserved. And I'll be damned if I'm going to lose a wink of sleep over it. And it's too bad you are. Thank you for buying the books. Enjoy.
0: There were three of the actors who were aged up, and they got adult replacements in that really great third episode. Mm-hmm. And then Corey, Corey, who was played by Jarell Jerome, who was in Moonlight. Moonlight, yeah. He I was, was like, where is? What is he from? Moonlight. Yeah. I, I was, I was having the exact same reaction. I was like, why do I know who this is? And he's Little's like first kiss, first mm-hmm. everything. But he was cast in both the young and the adult roles. Ava let him take a month between filming. Young and old, so that he could gain a little bit of weight and like get oh, into no. the character, oh. so that he could like try to like emotionally prepare for the whole prison sequence. Oh
2: gosh, I like... read something about how they had grief counselors. Like, yeah, everyone on had set access during yeah Ugh. during the filming just because it was so intense.
0: I one thing I really liked about the show is that obviously people are going to be in and out of the narrative, but the one constant are the parents, mm-hmm. and or they're just always there and they're always played by the same people. There was something really powerful about that. Mm-hmm. And especially Niecy's character, who goes through, like, a whole cycle of, like, she's monstrous in her own ways, and then she tries to redeem herself, and it's a heartbreaking performance. Corey, is Mama. Mama. Corey, can you hear me? as Mama. Yeah, 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 Mama, Mama. What's up? What's up? Somebody loves you. What? Huh? Somebody loves you, baby. You getting out. Mama, wait, 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 <laughs> slow down. What are you talking about? Hey,
2: Corey, Corey listen. Loves- the man who did it, the man who actually did it, confessed. He confessed. Oh, I've been praying for this day. You free? You coming home? My
1: baby coming home. It's it's really good. I just I don't know, sort of drama wise, if I'll watch something better this year.
0: Yeah, and it's and again, I think that the structure of it was so unique and kind of jarring. We're so conditioned to true crime stories at this point. I liked that about it. I liked
2: that tonally each one was a little bit different. In the second episode, the beginning of it, it feels kind of structured, like a uh, almost kind of like a sports movie. In that, oh, yeah. oh, here's the crew. Here's the who's who. Here's who we're up against. Mm-hmm. And but they're all like little... arriving at the courthouse. Yeah, it's yeah. Like... That felt a little corny, but like it, it. I think it also served. But it felt corny at first. But I think it also served the narrative of that episode, where these kids have a little bit of hope in them before the verdict is read, because mm-hmm. the evidence clearly like points that it's not them and then they get guilty verdicts and it's just the rugs pulled out from under them, and it's just so heartbreaking to watch yeah to they're watch they're enemies. all
0: pretty convinced that they're gonna go home yeah. until the very end of that and episode. even just
1: watching you're watching their defense lawyers like do an extremely good job mm-hmm. <laughs> and being like well i don't see how anyone could like vote against this yeah and like then, joshua jackson's oh my like gosh, being Josh. yeah. joshua jackson.
0: jackson is like doing such a good job y'all like ugh. Oh. I love the, the like shallow focus thing they would do really frequently with, the, with just the faces. Mm-hmm. A lot of that oh, like the directly. The Barry Jenkins. Thing. The Barry yeah. Jenkinsy <laughs> yeah. stuff like I it mean, was all really powerful especially at the end.
1: A lot of that third episode reminded me of the like Brian Tyree Henry sort of like anecdote mm-hmm. in uh, Beale Street which yeah. is just like such a beautiful part about like readjusting to the world and like the sort of soft focus of how everything seems like out
0: of place. Mm-hmm. Everyone should watch when they see us. And the thing about this everyone will watch when they see us. I feel like that's just going to be one of those mm-hmm. things. That like you will hear about. Fortunately, we've all watched it. Yeah, yeah. I like want to have more it. conversations about it. It's yeah. like
1: the best thing I can say about it.
0: Ava DuVernay is like,
2: ah, there aren't there aren't many people. Yeah, the who Logan are, Marshall Green comeback is starting. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's real. It's going to happen. I
1: gotta say, I love to see John Leguizamo at a ten minute mark in something. Oh my god, I, I love Rubin, John Leguizamo. Rubbing my like, hands.
2: Uh Dad turn in. phase Oh this, my god, of his oh, career. he's so good. Yeah.
0: And it's just like this is. He's no longer the pest, you know? No, he's uh, your dad. He's the daddy. Uh,
1: <laughs> he, he has that moment when they're walking into the courthouse and, like, the journalist asks, says something in Spanish, mm-hmm. like, about his son. And oh, he, yeah. in Spanish, is like, you need, you should know better oh, yeah. Yeah. than yeah. to do this. I oh, was like, so oh, yeah. she yeah. should know better.
0: <laughs> you forget that John Leguizamo is just a really good actor. Yeah, Like, yeah. he's just, you people that you put in the comedy bucket and then they go and do something like this. Same thing with Niecy Nash, who has yeah. been doing mm-hmm. drama for some time, but, like, nothing like this.
1: Right. I mostly know her from comedy. Have
0: mm-hmm. you watched Getting On? Oh. oh my god. It's only 2 seasons. It's so good. Oh, okay. It's uh, d- it's the one about the doctors, you know, about this? HBO, oh, 2 seasons. Yes, yes. Alex Borstein, Nisi Nash, and uh Lori Metcalf. Oh. oh so mm-hmm. good. 3 okay. doctors, wow. 2 seasons. Incredible. Um let's move on to Always Be My Maybe. Rom-com. Mm-hmm. 180 degrees. Yeah. Um starring Ali Wong, Randall Park. Ali Wong of comedy fame, Randall Park of Fresh of the Boat fame. Um, directed by Nachka Khan Who created um, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 That's funny mm-hmm. oh. um, She's a prolific TV writer This is her first movie uh, Rom-com is back Here's another piece of proof That the rom-com is back uh, What did we think of Always Be My Maybe Great title Great title Great Keanu Reeves moment The rest mm. of it Eh <laughs> I would say that that was the high point of the movie for me because it was just so bizarre and felt like it was out of the it was it came out of something completely different.
1: He's really in the movie.
0: He's yeah in it yeah he's in the movie and then he's suddenly out of the movie yeah. Let's talk about what this movie is about Ali Wong and Randall Park are childhood best friends. They live next door to each other in San Francisco. Randall Park's mother dies. Mother taught Ali Wong's character how to cook because Ali Wong was frequently home alone because her parents were always at work. Uh, they grow up, they have one m- bad romantic moment, they have sex in the back of his car when they're like 18 years old. It goes badly, they insult each other, they never see each other again until 2019 when they're both 34. Point is, they never make it happen. He comes back into her life because she's in San Francisco because she's a famous chef now. Um, and their romance is rekindled, sort of, but they both have partners. Will they or won't lay... Spoiler, they do, mm-hmm. but then there's 40 minutes left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and Keanu Reeves is a main deciding factor in their eventual reconnection. Like all great couples. Like all great couples. <laughs> Jeff, what did you think of Always Be My Maybe?
2: Um, I was a little disappointed by it, mm-hmm. um, if I'm being honest. I, I really want to root for it because I love that uh, we're at a point now where we've got two Asian leads in a romantic comedy I love that romantic comedies are back, um, back. and uh, I'm I'm for it. But I just uh, just couldn't really get entirely behind this one. I I felt it was a little too long. Uh, and like you're saying, they get together, and then there's 40 more minutes mm-hmm. of it. Um, the, uh, the I there were a lot of funny things. That I liked about it. Um, there's a great joke about uh, Glenn Close ordering a pineapple, pineapple sandwich, sandwich <laughs> which I, I loved. Um, I think both of the leads, uh, Allie and Randall, are uh, very funny. Um, but uh, I, uh, I, it wasn't really hitting with the uh, per, with the uh, supporting cast for yeah. me, and I feel like that has uh, that has always been one of the hallmarks of the those top tier rom coms. Like the supporting cast is always is always bringing it. And, they're the
0: scene stealers, and, yeah.
2: Yeah, they're scene stealers, and uh, the there wasn't really much scene stealing going on in the supporting cast there. Uh, Fran, what did you think?
0: <laughs>
1: um, I was also a little disappointed by it. I think it suffers from, like, I, I want the rom-com to be back so mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. I'm finding that a lot of the more recent ones, the leads just do not have chemistry. And I don't know if I felt that Ally and Randall had chemistry with each other, They came off, like, two people who had been friends, and I know they, like, co-wrote it together, and it does have, like, that kind of, like, friend energy to Mm -hmm. it, but I just didn't really feel any kind of, like, good sort of flirty energy between them. And I don't think it, like, was actually sort of grappling with the idea of, like, harboring romantic feelings for someone you've, like, shared a lot of your past with. Yeah. Like did not almost like buy into its own premise
0: there was those reveals that final reveal where she's like i've had a crush on you my whole life was presented so casually right. like there there weren't big emotional moments the way that you expect in around like mm-hmm. overly dramatic mm-hmm. moments where like this profession of love takes everything out of you yeah. even the ending mm-hmm. i felt like nothing was big and i and and yeah, that's what makes rom coms so unbelievable. And I kind of think that was one of the points of this movie, to make something that avoided those little tropes and presented something a little more relatable. Because they make a compromise at the end of the movie that is a little rare. Maybe in another rom-com, she would have sacrificed her New York dream or he would have sacrificed something, but he was like, no, I'll move for you.
1: Yeah, I love to see that like idea sort of gestured towards. Mm-hmm. Where of... she's
0: like, I get to have the career that I want
1: and but. he's just like I'll go for it but yeah. I was just sort of like okay I figured he would do that <laughs> like seems right
0: <laughs> seems like a good idea I guess mm-hmm. but the Keanu scene Ali Wong decides that she's single and just before Randall Park can profess his love to her she's like I met someone and we're going to go on a double date tonight let's go to this like dumb fancy restaurant with small plates and have a double date and you'll meet him Turns out this guy is Keanu Reeves And it's Keanu Reeves playing Keanu Reeves A sort of exaggerated portrait of like A really egotistical male celebrity It's funny but it kind of overstays It's welcome It feels like it's out of a completely different movie
1: I think also just coming off of like a month of Keanu like press Sort Mm -hmm. of post John Mc3 You hear like 1000 anecdotes about how he's like the nicest person alive Mm -hmm. so I think like hinging a whole second act on how he's like an asshole actually an asshole I'm just sort of like I know this isn't true (laughs) and like I don't know like celebrities as themselves being assholes is sort of like a trope in movies and Mm -hmm. TV that I'm sort of like I don't know
2: kind of tired of theory on this Keanu moment that I've just come up with now share it I want to hear it so everybody's uh, all about how talking about how nice Keanu is and how great he is and it's Fine, it's all true in my mind. I believe 100% of it. Um, but this, we're in this moment where um, everybody's just being so performatively into Keanu. And I think it's because this is everybody on the internet apologizing for the sad Keanu meme. Mm-hmm. Just the proliferation yeah, of that. Bad. Just kind of like picking on Keanu when, in that sad photograph. And then realizing how actually sad his... Uh, his life had yes. been. Uh, no, I think that's a great theory. Yeah, I, I think it holds. We hard. owe him. I we, and it's true. We all do owe Keanu. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been through so much, and um, some of it at our own hands. Um, <laughs> so you know, I I'm we, I'm happy. With, we have to pay for what we've done. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he's a really good guy. Kenny does have that great joke of uh in the movie of uh when randall park is offering to uh pay for the extravagant meal that they all had mm. where he tells him how much it costs and how it's less than a residual check from speed <laughs> 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 i that, that's one thing
0: about the movie that it's it has a lot of good little great one-liners jokes. and jokes but those jokes could be in anything those sure. jokes could yeah. and they also felt like they belonged in a sitcom they didn't belong in a rom-com yeah um I almost wish it would have just been like a normal rom-com. Like give me the exact same beats of a normal rom-com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like let's we love rom-coms. Why is why is the structure so different? It makes mm-hmm. me feel weird.
2: Why do we feel like we need to tweak the rom-com? Yeah. It's a tried and true thing. We want it back. We want the usual way. Give right. us flirting. <laughs> <laughs> give us flirting. Give us like give us one
0: instance of a blow-up. Cuz they have blow-ups like 3 times in this mm-hmm. movie. And it's like I want it to happen right at the end of the second act and I want them to get together 15 minutes after that. Yeah. And I want them to get together in public and then I want there to be a crane shot after they kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and like like I won all these things and the movie gave a lot of them but at weird little areas and then at the end I just was very underwhelmed by all of it. In The mirror image of always being my baby I was so excited for always being my baby and I really wanted to love it. The perfection I was ready to fully hate and like dunk on and I'm just like, the perfection kind of owns. I <laughs> I really like the perfection. On, and I was watching it being like, wow, this is like a weird kind of bad imitation of a Korean horror movie. And then I was like reading an interview with the director and he was like, I love Korean horror movies. Like mm-hmm. I watched The Handmaid and was like,
2: yeah, I want to do this. I love that. Like one of my favorite movies, Wild Things, mm-hmm. um, it really just went for it with the twists and directions, yeah. just piling one on top of the other. Just
0: throw more to the. Yeah. Throw more on the I, fire.
2: I liked that. Uh, I liked uh how stressful uh that bus scene oh. was just oh. what, me what the a bus. nightmare <laughs> just me everybody the bus. screaming at you in a language that you don't understand <laughs> yeah your friend is sick mm-hmm. and, uh about to shit herself oh my god just terrible <laughs> she does shit herself <laughs> yeah. she, she yes. shits herself on the steps um
0: the perfection is a horror film slash musical drama <laughs> about uh <laughs> industry <laughs> industry drama <laughs> Starring Alison Williams and Logan Browning and Stephen Weber. Good to see Stephen Weber of Wings fame. Yeah, I <laughs> do, all, do we all remember Wings? <laughs> s- I don't. Um, <laughs> s- uh, as these two like virtuoso cellists, cello only. Stephen. Cello only.
1: Yeah, they're like five years apart. Cello academy. Yeah, it's a cellos a only. They cello's get tattoos. Only. Like a, even though they're minors, a, a very like
0: preparatory, you know, world renowned cello academy and they reconnect in adulthood and you find out there that they're both like extremely jealous and obsessed with one another and then things go from there and it kind of is like a um, handmaiden meets a what's the f- black swan yeah. yeah it's very black swanny only qu- not quite as not quite as like nuanced I don't know <laughs> like mm-hmm. not quite as thoughtful as black swan it's just it's, let's go hog wild let's fully do the funny games rewind and show you things as they really happened after you've already seen them once mm-hmm. uh, it relies on a lot of kind of annoying horror film things like that but i I was into it. You think Alice Williams is the villain. She's not the villain. You think Logan Browning might be the villain. She's not the villain. Steven Weber's the villain. Steven Weber. <laughs> Steven Weber and those other two dudes. Yeah. It's it was not,
1: rape the whole time. It was always yeah.
0: about sexual assault. Yeah. Um, It was not uh, really body horror. It wasn't about Ebola. It wasn't about...
1: False flag, false, false Ebola. Flag. So many <laughs> So many false.
0: So many false flags in this movie. Uh, let just talk more about it, Fran. Tell me about, Tell me what you think about the, the perfection. Convince me that I'm wrong.
1: I mean, I don't. I don't know if I can do that. This is like so far from what I usually like to watch. But I was so intrigued by the premise. As mm-hmm. someone who likes and engages with classical music a lot, I was like, Is Alison Williams oh going to be even... able to convince me that she knows how to play the cello? Um, and she did okay. She, she oh yeah okay.
0: Right, you are you are a classical music expert, yeah. I would say. Yeah, and say. I played cello for amazing. A couple of I years. didn't even put that together, Fran. I'm so this stupid. is
1: so th- no. It's totally fine. It's like this is really a horror movie for me in this <laughs> in this regard. But it was wild to sort of like they certainly would never have a cello only academy. That's strange. Okay. Um, the way that they would just sort of conjure names of pieces without composer, where they'd be like, "Do cello it, and B," and I'd be like, "Who's?" Who's what? You compo- that's not just a piece you just say. Um, so I found myself getting really anxious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I as as a girl's stand, I will always sort of ride for whatever Allison Williams is doing.
0: I will say she's really carved a interesting niche.
2: Yeah, uh, it's really tight how she has re- uh, been playing with those expectations of her based on like girls and Get um, Out. Just yeah. like here's a white woman with darkness inside with her, darkness. <laughs> <laughs> who has like. Weird
0: relationships with like people of color, like yeah. like strange and fraught, and like and in this case like sort of sexy, uh-huh. but like what is it is it menacing? I'm not quite sure. And I think she's actually very good at that. The movie would not be as unpredictable as it is if those performances weren't as good as they are. Right. Um, and I think that might be the best thing to say about that movie.
1: I think when you have Allison Williams in something that that like automatically adds a sense of like unpredictability to Mm -hmm. me because i really like when i watch her i don't know what she's doing and (laughs) and will do and i mean that like in the best possible way like she could do anything Mm -hmm. she's a
2: surprising wild card yeah Yeah. she is you don't expect her to be a wild card like you feel like you've got her right you Mm -hmm. always think but like everything she's been in there's been a twist about her Mm -hmm. yeah yeah even girls
1: Even Girls. She won at the end.
2: The end of Girls is wild. She was the main character.
0: It was (laughs) always about Marnie.
1: (laughs) Oh, my favorite shot in this movie is when she's getting, after she gets tased Mm -hmm. and she falls and um, Logan's got her like boot on her mouth and she's just turned a little and her highlighter just looks amazing. Her makeup (laughs) looks perfect for someone who's been kicked on the ground Uh, three times. I was like, Allison, unbelievable. (laughs) You look perfect. (laughs) Of course.
2: We had
0: to stand. Yeah. Uh, When she, I loved, I loved how the whole movie I was sort of like, not a great wig on Alison Williams. <laughs> and then and then at the end she takes off her wig. That was, and unbelievable. I was like uh oh, would I have would I have thought that's not a great wig? if she hadn't been sort of selling it as a bad wig. Like, Sherper, <laughs> she, was giving, she was giving a performance as someone who was aware that they were wearing a bad wig when you think about it. Alison <laughs> Williams is doing a lot more than I think a lot of people want to give her credit for. This is an extremely galaxy brain take <laughs> on Alison Williams' wig. <laughs> uh, but this movie, it's, so it goes, so you go from thinking that Alison Williams is a victim or like sort of sad and pathetic and and like the one who got away in a mm-hmm. sense like the one who didn't become the world renowned cellist. Do those exist, Fran?
1: Cellists who get away?
0: No, well, cellists that are like cellists. that famous like <laughs> young cellists. Yeah, certainly. Certainly mm-hmm. like they would have a billboard for like an alcohol. <laughs> like at the beginning. Yeah,
1: I would hope so. I want that future for cellists. In When's general. last time you
0: are you going to are you going to like pivot to professional cellist no, like I'm when not you that as you age?
1: but I love, it's a beautiful instrument. Okay. It I think is the movie could gorgeous. have really showed more of how beautiful the cello is.
0: So it goes from there, you go from, then you think that she's fully the villain, then ultimately, it's like you said, a movie about sexual abuse, it's a movie about rape, like fully rape, And the and the perfection is kind of, again, it's like this, the explanation for events is pretty simple. Like it's like, They're rapists. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's a big smoke and mirrors operation where it's like they have this school where they lure these talented young girls in and then play this game where it's like you have to play this this well. You have to play the perfection. And if you don't, you will be assaulted and you will be punished and tortured for it. And I think in that sense, there was something there was something almost interesting to the way that it reveals itself to just be about that. Like it's like a comment on like the way that Sexual abusers can masquerade as like, like mentory figures, where it's like that's gatekeepers, gatekeepers," where it's like those those are the people who are often the people who are the predators, the ones who are in that position of power and in that position of influence, and people who are held in high regard, um, because they use that to their advantage. And it's like that's how they strip those girls away from their families by presenting it as this like great opportunity. I don't know. There was something kind of interesting about that. But mostly, I just liked how fucking bonkers it was. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that I didn't know where it was going. I'm not sure if I'll ever watch it again. I'm not sure what that really says about a movie. I'm not sure if that's, a, a, that's fair. But I was pleased with it.
2: I think with uh, the final reveal of it being rape all along, um, I, I'm still not sure where I fall on it because I, I see where you're coming from with the, how you're saying it's an effective... Uh, look at power structures and uh how uh these women are being taken advantage of in these uh you know by these gatekeepers um but it also felt like up to that point uh each twist that had been building up to it was like let's top it with this thing, let's outdo this twist and uh it it just felt like the movie had uh, kind of brought me along to. Start expecting, like, oh, this is just going to be more insane, more insane, more insane. And then the final, yeah, 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 some, I don't know, it could have fit aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then um, the final reveal is that, oh, it's it's a rape academy. They've just been raping these girls in the school. And it's just like, oh, that's, I was like really along for this ride. And then it just comes to a screeching halt. And because of this, just shockingly, like, awful. Uh, thing that that, uh, that is behind all of it and uh, like I guess like maybe thematically that works but like in terms of like my viewing um, mm-hmm. that really just kind of uh, made me take a step back and uh, kind of I don't know I don't know I, I don't know if I want to say that I'm disappointed in it but it really just kind of took all the momentum of the movie yeah. out for me because it goes into something that's like completely over the top and
0: to something yeah, that's utterly real, crazy, like, to something that's almost like painfully real. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's like a, a really, like a fucked up reality as opposed to like a fucked up fantasy, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but at least there was that final shot of a quadriplegic <laughs> Stephen Weber with yeah. an IV in his arm and right. t- two people playing the cello together. Is that possible? I, is that possible? I, what do I, you think? I've
1: thought about this all morning. I do think it is possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially yeah. if you're. If you're both extremely talented, if both parties are extremely talented to begin with, yeah, and super and they sh- in sync with each and other, and they share that bond, yeah, and yeah. they share that bond, <laughs> they yeah. share that bond. They're in love. What do you think you would like? Like, how do you? Could you? Could you test that with someone? Like, could you find another talents and be like, yeah, definitely. Like, would let's you try this.
2: Be the bow or the
0: fingers.
1: I think I would be bow.
0: I mean, I guess if the music is in front of you, like I can understand how that really isn't that difficult to imagine, you know. Yeah, I improvising.
1: Guess I'm right-handed, I'm just like, oh, I would be the bow. Yeah,
0: improvising, I can see like how that could be a little, that'd be a little more impressive. Yeah, but, like if you're just playing an, an yeah. established piece of music, like and why not?
1: Unless just, I'll be honest, there's not a lot of people improvising on the cello, and oh, I think okay. that is sort of a failure of the industry at large. But like, maybe one day.
0: If you had to write up a, a, a cello a horror film about the cello uh, industrial complex, I what um <laughs> what, what would what would it be about? What would it be called?
1: Oh, my gosh. That's such a good question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it? I'm not sure it is, but Bow answer finger. it anyway. <laughs>
1: Bowfinger? finger. Bow finger. <laughs> I mean, the sort of, like, high part, the neck. The neck. The neck is maybe. Because
0: you have to, is there something about, like, do you have to do stretches as a cellist? Like, do you have to I mean, your body all those in string right instruments
1: are really hard Unlike okay. your body and, like, yeah, that's, like, cello is really leans on, like, back posture. Yeah. Whereas, like, it's violinists who get really bad shoulders. Bad shoulders, yeah, 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 yeah. Um... I'm fra- someone I grew up with is, like, a violinist in a professional symphony orchestra. Whoa. And, like, watching that sort of Instagram presence has mm-hmm. taught me a lot about this world as, like, <laughs> someone mm-hmm. in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just constant sort of, like, physical therapy mm-hmm. and, like, body stuff. I mean, I wish there was almost... And I don't I don't like horror movies. I'm very squeamish. There could have been more body horror in this. Because yeah. I do think, like, having, like, a la Black Swan, like... Yeah, that really went for it. Yeah, and it's an industry that does take a lot out of one's body. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could have I don't know they could have chopped off more shit. Yeah, and I th- and I <laughs>
0: think that that's that's why I brought that up at the beginning. It's as, as much as I was impressed by it. Um, we'll see how how long that lasts. Uh, <laughs> it's just like this guy said. I mean, he I think he's talented, but you he's he mostly has done TV and this is kind of his first foray into horror film. And he like saw a genre that he liked and he's trying to get good at it. And like fortunately, I think it's like mostly successful, but the sense that he's mimicking and not actually creating something is there throughout the entire thing yeah. and maybe if maybe if he went a little harder with the cello industry maybe if he spoke maybe. to someone like you he oh had a gosh. consultant i'm always available for the next cello horror <laughs> yeah. i would love that
1: it really just made me want to rewatch the handmaiden which I oh love yeah, and like is one of my favorite movies. also
0: also gory gorier it's gorier and gayer yeah it's yeah it could have,
1: this movie could have also
0: been gayer the Why gay you, the uh, and, that, and the one I'm sex sick scene.
1: of nipple is sexy nipple where yeah. sex. did I go and when she
0: covers up i was like alison grow this up. is your moment <laughs> <laughs> grow up come on alison <laughs> grow up alison we want more we want more gay sex and we want more gore and we want more cello um And we want less of this because we're done. So thank you, Fran. Thank you, Jeff, for coming on today (laughs) to talk about these three very different films and miniseries. Unfortunately, we got to go. And thank you for calling in. Once again, you can call -CALL 754-CALL-BOB to share your current obsessions, and we may discuss it on a future episode. Uh, And with that, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, everyone.